Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here. Today on Streaming Demons, we have Tourist Trap as the old, False Positive as the new, and for the borrowed Conjuring Green Devil made me do it. Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here. Hope you're doing well, because you know I am. Today, today, on another exciting episode of Streaming Demons with my forever co-host, Buddha Priestess, say hello. Hello, I am a co-host. And our super special, very, very LTD, I think that's the initialism that we use for that <laughs> series, guest, Kristen Cleves, say hi. Hello, thanks for having me. All right. And remember, if you're new to Streaming Demons, you can't remember anything. That's not a running joke. That's just my memory. But if you're new to Streaming Demons, we do one new, one old, and one borrowed, which is can be a rental, something brand new in the theaters, something rented from Voodoo Priestess's now defunct video store down the street on Betamax. I am so sad about that, so don't make fun of that. Why can't that fucker just drive around the block? We're not editing that out. That fucker <laughs> is none other than Danny Elfman. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Danny, so sorry, man. Love your conducting and, and your music, but stop driving that motorbike. Bro. Wow, what a brush with fame. Right? God damn it. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe, hey, Budo, why don't you pretend like as an old woman, just do like a hit and run. And then, did you back up with the girl after that? I can't remember. It wasn't me. It was a little old lady who hit some other random Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we heard it all. So anyways, I'm not sure if you're a repeat listener, but uh, Kristen, we have to watch ourselves around Voodoo Priestess because they have admitted to, I believe, admitted to, allegedly admitted to, uh, I believe an old lady was involved and Voodoo was like, I didn't stop because it was an old lady. Like, why bring the pain twice and then <laughs> going? Oh, and my goodness. Explain that was illegal. And if we think that was a, uh, yeah, I think we just witnessed a felony somewhere. But that's fine. That's fine. We're still cleansing souls. <laughs> she got up. Okay. She got she up. Got up. She Eventually. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you stopped and waited for her to get up before you. Well, I mean, it was a red light. Driving? So. And the worst thing is like, it was that lady's fault anyway. It's like, yeah, of course it was the old lady's fault. <laughs> this got intense really quick. Wait until it gets like this way. It's okay. I still, um, okay. You're almost got, you almost I almost got, got the heart thing. Oh, oh man. I, I'm working. I've been working on this for like months too. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. So as I am a very lazy bear, always let our guests go first what do you have for us all right well thank you for inviting me and i wanted to talk about the movie false positive that just premiered on hulu hulu and hulu oh, that's right you mother i had to get the free trial and everything Ooh. <laughs> they, they won't allow us so Is hulu good because they won't allow us watch hulu in canada Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like it's one of those things, you know, typically I have not found tons of stuff that I wanted on there, but occasionally you'll get a 
one or two things here or there. But I, I guess it just depends, you know, what you're into. Well, but false I wouldn't say it's a must-have for me. But, but you know what? It was, it's good enough for your free trial. That's right. You make false positive. So what is false positive? So this is a new horror movie from uh, A24 Studio, um, which has made some great movies, I think. Um, and starring um, Ilana Glazer, who played Ilana on Broad City, if you're a fan of that show. And I love that show. Wait, who's I, on this? Um, Ilana Glazer is in False Positive. Yeah. Yeah. I love that show too. So I was really excited to see this. Um, Justin Theroux is in it and Pierce Brosnan is also in it. Canada? Justin Theroux. Oh, that's Justin Trudeau. Never mind. My bad. (laughs) For a minute, you had me pause. I was like, did I say it wrong? Wait, is it the other guy? They're both in like acting school. So, yeah. No, okay, yes, you're right. The one that was married to Jennifer Aniston is in False Positive. Um, but anyway, I was really intrigued when I first saw the trailer of this movie because, um, and I certainly don't think this is giving anything away because right away you're definitely getting Rosemary's va- Baby vibes. Um, I was out of town when that happened. You cannot <laughs> prove your honor. The baby was not mine. I went to Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil, Oprah, and Howard Hard Shemp. No, Did you go to Maury? I mean, that's how you really Maury. know. I, yeah. I went to uh, Jerry Springer. Okay. Maury and Jerry Springer fought for me. I was <laughs> neither baby daddy. <laughs> so this is the story of Ilana plays, um, Lana Glazer plays Lucy Martin, who is married to Justin Theroux's character, whose name is Adrian, which will maybe make you immediately think of Rosemary's baby. And, and they um, are trying to conceive, um, trying to get pregnant. She has had some trouble in the past. So um, Adrian suggests that they go see um, an old um, friend of his who is owns a fertility clinic. So, you know, she's not sure at first, but then they decide, you know, let's give it a try. So, um, they go to the fertility clinic and she soon gets pregnant and then, you know, starts to realize, you know, maybe she's gotten herself into something that she doesn't really want to be a part of. And yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. So it's, it's very interesting because the way that for me, something that I thought was interesting was the way that this movie almost, um, you know, it has the main character a lot of the time and I, I won't give spoilers, but you know, a lot of times kind of second guessing herself, like, you know, well, yeah, I, I, this guy might be a little weird, but yeah, I want a baby. So I'm going to go along with it. Or, you know, these people aren't really at, at one point she starts to hang out with some other, um, pregnant women and like some other friends that her husband kind of introduces her to. And it's like, well, these aren't really my friends, but you know, I'll go along with it. And, you know, maybe I can get used to it. And she's like, kind of, as she goes through throughout the movie, she's kind of getting more talked into things that she doesn't want, but yet 
you know, in society, we're taught to feel like we should want all these things. And, you know, why wouldn't you want, you know, the fanciest doctor or, you know, the most beautiful baby shower, these glamorous gifts? And kids, bro. What's that? Oh, I don't uh, give a fuck about kids. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we have a kid hater on our show. Well, I guess my, okay, and understandable. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if that's something that is a goal, like it was for Lucy in this movie, you know, she is kind of like ignoring the red flags here and there saying, you know, maybe this isn't a great idea because everybody in her life is kind of pushing her to go along with it. And, um, you know, things start to, and I believe this is in the trailer as well, but, you know, she starts to, think some things are looking a little suspicious and um you know she has her friends saying stuff to her like oh that's just you know that's just baby brain or that's just mommy brain like telling her you know that's um, just demon brain right exactly <laughs> just telling her like no this is you it's you know you're imagining things and there's like you know a lot of the gaslighting vibe and everything going on oh, wow. um so you know it's definitely got some more of that Rosemary's baby um, idea of like, nobody believes you and you know, what's happening, what's not actually happening, what's reality, what's not reality. So um, I think the suspense was very good. I think it brings up a lot of issues about, you know, um, how, you know, how women's, um, autonomy or women's, you know, reproductive choices are influenced or controlled or, you know, the way that there's a always kind of like a back and forth of like, who's really in control or are you allowed to you know make these decisions for yourself? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of dynamic going on, um, you know, with some of these different issues, but it's, it, it's really interesting. I feel like, Again, don't want to give any spoilers. I feel like the action, it, the third act falls apart maybe a little bit. And maybe some things what are, thing? what's that? What things? What things are where? Okay, I'm just trying, I'm trying not to. Um, Spoil entire yes. things for people? I yes. appreciate that. Try- might not. <laughs> let's just say there's kind of like you know there's kind of like a a confrontation at the end maybe um that i think is you know maybe not as you know we kind of went in a different direction where um it, there there had been a lot of subtlety building in the beginning of the movie and things were like you know, a little more sinister and a little more suspense. And I, I feel like it got a little crazy at the end. Like it kind of lost that tension or, or that um, more believable aspect to it. And it kind of shifted a little bit more to the surreal, but that was an interesting, I mean, it was an interesting choice too, you know, the way that happened. So I think people can you know, make their own decisions if they felt that it was effective and, you know, I, I it's definitely one of those endings that's open to interpretation and, you know, whether did everything actually happen the way it was shown? Is it symbolic? How much, you know, is 
is in Lucy's mind, how much of it is in, you know, happening in reality or whatever. And um, so, I mean, it, I, it definitely gives you a lot to think about, I think, and a lot to um, consider. I don't know that I would say the execution was a hundred percent, but it was definitely worth watching, I think. And I, I thought Lana Glazer's performance was, was really good. Great. And that's all that, a good performance can carry something for a long time too. Um, yeah. Real quick if, question about the ending. So yes. you said that before, like a lot of the movie, it felt like she was kind of being gaslit and stuff. So having like such an indefinite, like you can figure out this ending yourself. Is that like. Gaslighting even more. <laughs> yeah. Is it like a satisfying. No, I do think you're right. I think, I think that was maybe a deliberate choice um, that leaves you wandering because there are like a few things that are shown throughout like well maybe she is an unreliable narrator you know maybe this isn't as black and white as we thought because you know in rosemary's baby rosemary is having the devil's baby like that's what happens there's no doubt about it at all right there's no doubt about it you know that went down and so you definitely like rosemary is a reliable you know narrator and in and in false positive there's a lot more ambiguity. Um, although, you know, you definitely know that, okay, like this guy is a bad dude, but like what all for sure is, has he done and what all, you know, is maybe she, you know, been confused about or whatever. So, yeah. And I do think there are people that, you know, when I was looking up a little bit about this movie afterward, people who were not satisfied with, the ending or like what is that or you know um I a better ending well you know maybe that's what that's the whole story maybe that's the purpose of the story like well it's up to the what would bowie say nothing because he's uh in mars right now no rest bowie, in peace right bowie would has said before like like art gets reinterpreted what the mm-hmm. artist makes is not the same as to what the viewer sees. And even later on, Arts' life, it's not the same thing anymore. Like, it's right. reinterpretation of it. And maybe right. that's what this movie's going I'm being very nice in the movie right now. Maybe that's <laughs> what the movie's going for. It's like the reinterpretation of and allowing each person get their own feeling. You know, I, I think that's a, a really good point. And I, it, for me personally, like I am really okay with um, ambiguity in a film or in, in a book, or, you know, I really kind of like to sit with that feeling of, you know, what does that represent or, or what do you think, you know? Um, so, so to me that that didn't bother me as much as some of the, you know, like I said, like, I felt like the, um, the suspense kind of dwindled away a little bit at the end, but the ambiguity didn't bother me personally. Um, but I can see, you know, it, it, I think it just depends on the viewer. Like I think some people might be yelling at the screen like, what? but some other people might really be, be into it. I, I thought it was good. So, but How yeah, that's Cthulhu's? a good point. That How many out of five. How many Cthulhu's? I'm going to go with three and a half Cthulhu's three and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's steep. On Hulu, three and a half. Okay, okay. And as a, okay, got it. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm going to say. I'm not following that. So, Voodoo <laughs> hey. Priestess, you have the old. I right? do. I do have the old. 
And I got something from a nearby century. A nearby century. A yeah, nearby for those who are decade. just tuning in, Voodoo's old usually includes pre-war. <laughs> and not exactly the war you're thinking of. <laughs> always. Like your great-grandfather's war. That I'm one. like old. I just watched Nosferatu the other day. Oh, that's a new movie for Voodoo. No, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like a newer movie than most of the movies you pick. That's a lie. Don't listen to him. He lies a lot. <laughs> Anywho, I got a tourist trap. Tourist trap? Was, was that Schmoller? Yes. My God, David Schmoller. Hey, David. What Las year Vegas was tourist trap, anyway? But it was a good movie about... Or were they supposed to be teens? They might have been teens. There are people who are going to teens. places yeah. and they came across a thing because a tire blew. And then stuff happened. <laughs> with creepy bannikins. You could be a little more exact than this in the, in the synopsis. <laughs> wow. Did you watch this movie? I did, I think. I yeah. did. It was done in 1979. So I was looking that up. But yeah, um, people show up at this weird ass place that's filled with mannequins. It's kind of like Macy's. uh, (laughs) No, no. Like I always just think of the wax museums, like with Vincent Price, where it has all these nice little recreation wax thingies. You know, why are you holding your hand like that? That's my wax museum pose. No. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll just ignore you now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, they're in a museum and uh, mannequin shenanigans happen, and uh, a lot of people die. That's a good name for a band. I was gonna say that you said my my band's (laughs) name in high school. Sorry, that's always your band's name in high school. That's yeah. I know. Oh, we had a lot of bands. Just one band, just different names. Or just different bands. <laughs> name from very big high school. So, okay. So, people blew a flat tire, and the guy was, like, rolling the tire like a little kid. And then, like, mannequins were going chippity-chop-chop-chops. And then everyone else looked, looked for them, and now they're, like, the mannequin spooky-spooky place with Chuck Connors. Am I correct? The rifle man? Sure. All right. I don't know these words you speak of, like Chuck Connors or Spooky Spooky. You don't know Chuck Connors? The I'm rifle guessing man. he's an actor. Oh my Fire God. face. Jeez, this took a dark turn. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, anywho. It's American truck. Yeah. Sure, dude. Uh, anywho, um... I think the movie's pretty creepy at times. Sometimes it makes no freaking sense. And you're like, I wonder why they decided to do that. Mostly the characters, because the characters are stupid. Like Horror. Is it yeah. horror logic where the characters are like, yeah, let's go out one by one. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got a lot of that. They have some pretty cool effects. And, well, do they actually have, well, just creepy mannequin effect things pretty much. But you know what? The make the make it go. I think they're really creepy effects, and then for you to realize it wasn't all that intricate for an effect it is an effect in itself. It's how to stretch that budget out, and not, you don't need this like 
big blowing up things and CGI. You can do it with mannequins. Yeah. You can make it and, creepy with just mannequins. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Like, all the fucking creepy little mannequin things. I could just. Oh, grab no, I know. There, there's first parts, but I can't describe, but it's the. Yeah. I, I Even I was creeped out by the mannequins. So I've I seen this movie before, too. And uh, you're right. It, it, they set it up. To, the music really good. The music sets the tone a lot in this movie. So you have this thing without spoiling the ending. Without spoiling the ending. Is it representative of the horror movies from that era? Meaning we you almost get the formula from Scream. You know, you, you've got this guy, this guy, this guy, the, 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 the little archetype people, and they die in this order because of that, and we have the final show off. Uh, I guess, kind of. I think for the most part, the characters were more likable than most characters I see in some of these movies, though. Yeah, I, I, much more likable than Sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fucking Sledgehammer. Even that guy riding that dirt bike is more likable than that movie. Allegedly. You don't know him. For all you know, he's a drug dealer ice cream man. <laughs> yeah, so allegedly I wouldn't know him. <laughs> Why would I need ice cream? Okay, okay, okay. So, David Schmoller... And then we have a kind of cool cast, a creepy thing, and all this together with Chuck Connor. What would you give it Cthulhu-wise? Oh, you know me and my rating system. <laughs> oh, this is me good. <laughs> yeah. David, I apologize in advance. I do not tell my staff what to rate. They have their own minds. I know I love your films. You know I love your films. Voodoo Princess, what is it? Four Cthulhu's. Oh my god! Whoa. Whoa. I liked the movie. I told you it was creepy. The only bad thing was like horror movie logic that people took. Yeah, and, and I, absolutely, and I and I think the horror horror movie logic became horror movie logic during that era of movie making. That's when those horror movie logic or dislogics all happened. You know, Chainsaw happens, uh, Strangers, uh, uh, Tourist Trap. They all have those very poor decision-making trees, you know. What, what was that one where they think I had like a, a gun and like a butter knife? The guy's like, I'm going to go for the butter knife. Like, no, dude, the gun. Go for the gun. Have sex, <laughs> man. Not in that movie. It was a, yeah. It's about four. Damn. Okay. Um, thank you. Uh, okay. Uh, pressure's on. I had the... I had the rental, which I kind of bent time and space to sort of rent this one. I saw The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Ooh. It is a sequel, pico, trickle. It is part of the Conjuring universe. You did it. Thank you. <laughs> and Voodoo's just happy. I remember the movie I watched. That's true. <laughs> what I watch? Uh, when was that? The one with the witches, you know. Uh, yeah. No. So we have 
not an Annabelle sequel, not a Nun sequel, but the actual Conjuring Prime universe sequel. It is, let's say, still well produced. If you like the first Conjuring, second Conjuring, if you like the Annabelle stuff, if you like the Nun, well, can't help. But <laughs> uh, yeah. But we can't say they weren't well produced. We can't say they weren't slick. It's like a Blumhouse movie, right? You can't say Blumhouse puts out really poorly produced material. You can't. You can say it, it wasn't greatly done, meaning the final product wasn't awesome for you. But my God, it shines, you know? And a lot of Blumhouse for me is awesome. But Conjuring, from the IMDb. A chilling story of terror, murder, and unknown evil that shocked an experienced real-life paranormal investigators, Ed and Lorraine Warren. One of the most sensational cases from their files. It starts with a fight for the soul of a young boy that takes beyond anything that ever seen before to mark the first time in U.S. history that a murder suspect would claim demonic possession as a defense. My gosh demonic possession as a defense well that's a good hook yeah right it's, it's basically mm -hmm. uh temporary insanity but for other related yeah. reasons which you cannot neither prove nor disprove so you just kind of have to like flip a coin sometimes now i like the setup i like the premise it has way too many stories in the story the story is like 12 freaking stories man it's like if you're writing, if you were scripting this down as a note, like you would get A story, B story, C story, D story, and that's that's ACDC. That's only a band. You should only do that. But for my God, they could have concentrated on maybe one or two stories because we don't really, okay, Conjuring Universe, if you hear me, we, we don't care that uh, Ed has a heart attack. We don't care in, in the movie. We don't care really in real life, probably. We're the, the, kind of assholes. We just yeah, we are kind things. of a holes. <laughs> okay, it's like you don't spend like the first act like oh, we must spend the like that's not even a spoiler. That's like the first act, like an extended storyline. That really yeah. that doesn't really go anywhere. It yeah, go. It didn't move anything. It didn't really matter. You know, you can't keep teasing this. You've been teasing that since the first Conjuring. Guys, come on, come on. You can't keep teasing Chekhov's gun. You got to blow the head off once in a while, you know? <laughs> Boy, on my eyes. And two, there's a lot of cool, cool, cool stuff, but there's there's some suspension of disbelief you need to do to make this a better movie. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I can buy a little bit, but really? And I can't because this is a lot of third act stuff, so I can't really say what it is. But it, it made you want to really need to suspend disbelief of suspending disbelief in a movie that's built upon suspending disbelief. <laughs> so, oh, man. Now, is it scary? Yeah, it's still scary. Does it tell a good story? For the most part, yeah. It still tells a good story. It also tells three other poor stories. That's the problem <laughs> with the movie as we go back in the round. Maybe two and a half stories could have gone. But acting, top-notch. Top-notch acting. Even the little kid pulls it off. And that's really hard. Like, kids and animals never use, right? And this, this little kid is a champ. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, always pleasure to in their 
in their roles of Ed and Lorraine Warren, I should say, because both of them are quite dead. You know, so we have the Patrick Wilson and we got Vera Farmiga and um, murdering names. I know this, but perfect casting is their charisma that pulls off the characters. It's not quite the writing. It's their charisma that pulls this off. It's not really the story of Sexual. It's this. Now, with all that said, I'm glad I saw this opening night or opening weekend, I believe. I, I I think it was money worth spent, even from the comfort of my own home, which I loved. And, you know, I had a viewing partner, which was kind of cool, too. So there's it was, it was that aspect of it. It was not maybe I won't get the Blu-ray. You know, I, I, one like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to no. And I bought the Blu-ray for Conjuring because that scared the crap out of people. It's not mm-hmm. that same rah, but it's damn good. So uh, for Cthulhu's, oh boy, man, this is a toughie because I have box in my head going, you're a softie, Jim. You give about <laughs> Cthulhu's like Tic Tacs. I'm like, no, I don't. I really don't. 3.8. 3.8. I think I just did the average of yours in my mind, in my head. But a wow. 3.8 out of five Cthulhu's, it's good enough to rent. Okay enough to buy once. If you're a Conjuring fan, you'll love it. If you're a horror fan, why not? It's slick. It's done. Damn it. We just got out of a pandemic. What else do you want? Like you got four <laughs> movies to pick from the last two years. Okay. I would have wanted the story about the Crooked Man. But whatever. Uh, of uh, Conjuring 2? Yes. Yo, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? There's, there's this, such a rich universe here. You can just pick stuff and make its own little things. Take your time. Don't rush them. We all love it. I'll be back for Conjuring 4. You know it. <laughs> so will you all. So with that being said, plugs. And we always let our guests go first. Kristen, what do you want to plug? Well, um, anybody can check out my Lighter Than Dark articles, uh, satire on the site. But satire? Oh, shit. I thought it was news. <laughs> it basically is anymore. Yeah, same thing. The news is just scary enough. Um, writes itself. And I actually am included in a new um, anthology that has come out from Quill and Crow Publishing House that's awesome. called Ravens and Roses. I bought that. I got it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it's on my two, because it's a pre, uh, Kindle preload. It's uh-huh. on my next book list. Absolutely. Awesome. Yep. Well, th- thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's Ravens and Roses, a women gothic women's gothic anthology. Oh, so um, my story is called Daughter of Salt and Sea. And speaking of Cthulhu's, no spoilers, just saying. And um, there's some awesome stories. It's an awesome um, group of women writers, uh, very diverse. And I suggest you know people check it out because it's pretty cool. What's it called again? Ravens and Roses. It's a women's gothic anthology, and that's from Quill and Crow Publishing House. I tell you what, uh, anyone listening to this podcast, the very first person to DM me my age, just kidding, because <laughs> Evie thinks it's 85. It's not, spoiler. But if you want this anthology, you have to A, DM, tweet me, whatever emails, send some smoke signals, whatever, however the hell you want to communicate with Canada, do it. I will buy one, 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 one Kindle edition to the first person that does it, okay? So 
if you hear if you hear the sound of my voice, you too can read a book. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. I think people are going to like it. I think it's a good one. It sounds fantastic. You don't think you know. Yeah, I know. Because no. I've read and I've so the the women in here are, are really cool. So thank you so much. Appreciate oh, it. Anytime, anytime. And that goes back to Voodoo Priestess. What do you want to plug? Well, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> wow. I was not planning on this. I don't know why. <laughs> we only do it every damn episode. I know. It's a surprise question every episode. <laughs> it's true. You have nothing um, around your house that you can pick up. I do. But uh, I don't want you to see it. Uh oh. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Tell you what. Why don't you plug Bloody Mary? Oh, why don't you plug the Bloody Mary podcast spawn that you're going to have that's oh, yeah. all Japanese Oh, uh, yeah. So originally we were doing a bunch of Bloody Mary, me and uh, another host of Man. We're doing a bunch of Bloody Mary things. And uh, it just kind of spiraled out from the Bloody Marys. And it's a bunch of anime stuff. So it's we're cool kind of hell. doing a seasonal podcast thing now. Yeah. That's kind of offshoot from Bloody Marys. Where this season we're talking about a lot of awesome anime. I have listened to them. I loved them. <laughs> I knew from the very first listen this wasn't a Bloody Mary podcast. I'm like, I love this one. <laughs> Oh, that's how I mean. Um, yeah, because you got two one. of the Bloody Mary people here, you bitch. Yeah, I was I was an OG Bloody Mary uh, back. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> like I was saying, I I, I really love. No, I I, I love. I, I really do love Bloody Marys, and I love the podcast that Voodoo was talking about. But I knew it wasn't a Bloody Mary because it was just her and one other person. Like the Bloody Mary madness of like 12 people and you've got the carousel of like carnival of horrors. And I'm just like reading off your wall. Well, I love it. I can't wait to have them release. I'm very excited for this podcast set. What's it called? <coughs> Did you say the name? Yeah, we said it. <coughs> We're still looking for a name. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> Thanks for that. But if you have that. a name idea, send them to Evangeline. Yeah. I just try to help out. No, you're helping. If anyone has a name <laughs> idea they want to give us, uh, send it to us with the hashtag fuck you, Jim. Fuck you. <laughs> Get that trending. Yeah. <laughs> Who was like, oh, remember the one time we did a vote like for Throwdown to see who would win? Oh, and yeah. yours was like evil one. Yeah. For, for the vote and Trump's hashtag was evil one for that week and that trended. <laughs> That's how I won. One of the last, I'm like, wow, three million people voted for Evie. Like, well, I don't have that many listeners, do I? I'm like, oh, well. All right. For myself, I am going to plug Blue Blood, uh, Millie G and Forrest Black. Blue Blood it is an adult site, kitty, so get your parents' permission. Oh, wait, don't. That's kind of it, huh? Um, I guess do whatever is legal. I don't know. I'm not going to give legality to this. But it is an adult site. It's got razor candy, not the type of trick or treating. I don't know, but it's a bunch of other cool, cool stuff. Blueblood.com. That's my plug for Amelia G and Forrest Black. And for that, under the help of myself, Jim Phoenix, and my ghost co hostess of the mostest, V. 
Voodoo Priestess, and our very special guest, Kristen Klebs. I like to say bye-bye. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I hear a cat.